How's doing? I'm good. Hey, um, if you guys up in the back left corner could do a good job of listening, I would love that so much. So please do your best and, uh, and listen up because we're going to look at some heaps important stuff together. <clears throat> so important that I actually want to pray first. I want to pray for myself and I want to pray for you guys as well. So please, yeah, join me as I pray. Please, let's pray. Father God, tonight we're going to wrestle with really important stuff. Father, I pray that tonight you would change lives for all eternity. I pray that you would help me to be as clear and as honest as humanly possible. And I pray that you'd help us to listen. I pray that we'd understand what your word says tonight. And I pray you'd do a work through, through it tonight in us. Amen. All right, well, there's lots of questions in life, isn't there? Some of them really aren't very important at all. So it's questions like, uh, should I keep playing Fortnite or should I get a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2? Should I wear high socks or should I wear low socks? Uh, Should I get a Macca's frozen Coke or a Macca's thick shake? Now, on a day like today, you're a lunatic if you went with the thick shake because it's a warm day and milk was a bad choice. It's an obvious question. Um, some questions, though, aren't silly little questions like that. Some questions are big questions. And it might be questions like, when you finish school for good, when you're done year 12, what should you do after? What do you do with the rest of your life? It's a big question. Who should you, who should you go out with? If you're going to marry someone, who should you marry one day? Who should my friends be? Those sort of questions are big questions. But then there's questions like this one. When you die, will you go to heaven or hell? Now, some of you guys up the back are already joking around, but I want to say this is a shocking question for two reasons. And the first reason is, if you really ask that question, it's a shocking question because we don't actually think about death that much, do we? As teenagers on the Central Coast, you guys probably don't have to think about death that much. And if you do, it's probably because an older person around you, like a grandparent or something like that, died. That's what I used to think about death. It wasn't a thing that I used to think about until the first person in my year at school died. Death wasn't really a thing until Justine had a car accident and she was just, she was gone. And at that point, everyone in my year at school realised death is real And actually, it's going to happen to all of us. 100% of us will die. And I hope for most of you, that's not something that's going to happen soon, but for some of us, it will be sooner than you realise. We're not used to thinking about death, but here's a heavy fact. Every single one of us will die. Second reason it's a shocking question is we're just not used to talking about the idea of heaven and hell. Maybe you might joke about it and muck around with your mates, but if you're being serious about it, if you think it really exists, that's not a thing that we like to talk about or think about very much. But you know who talked about hell more than anyone else? Jesus. Jesus said this about hell. He said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one, that's God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, you may not believe in hell, you may not like to think about hell, and you may not like to think that anyone would ever go there, for real, especially yourself, but hear this, Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible talks about hell and He says, it's real, and one day you'll go to one of two places, 
And so here's the really big question. When you die, will you go to heaven or hell? I honestly don't think there's a more important question you could ask in this life. And I reckon that's the question, where am I going to go when I die? That's the question that was weighing on the minds of the guys in this passage here. This this passage talks about three men and they're on death row. Uh, Look at verse 32 up on the screen, it says this, Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him, with Jesus, to be executed. And when they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. The events that we're talking about in this passage today take place on a hill and the place is literally nicknamed the Skull. It was a hill that was a place of dead bodies and bones. And these two guys who've come out with Jesus to be crucified, to be executed with Him, were bad guys. They were the kind of people who deserved to be on death row. But in the middle of them was Jesus, a man who came into our world claiming to be the Son of God. And the Bible says that Jesus lived a perfect life. He didn't sin once, is the claim of the Bible. And that's why here we've got Jesus' cross painted white to symbolise His perfect life that He lived, right? Jesus had been falsely accused and he'd been sentenced to death for crimes that he didn't do and so he'd been killed with these two criminals up on the cross there for stuff that he didn't do. But even though he was innocent, verse 33 says, they crucified him there. They took him and they nailed him to pieces of wood and hung him up to die. Now here's the question that you've really got to work out tonight, Here's here's, here's where the guts of it is, who is Jesus? Now, some of you guys might go to Christian schools where people talk about Jesus all the time and you're like, who is Jesus? That's the dumbest question in the world. I've heard that said a thousand times. You might come to youth every week, who is Jesus? As if we don't know the answer to that question. But seriously, the answer to that question, who really is Jesus, will determine where you spend eternity. That matters. Now, read on and you'll see, you you get the first glimpse of who Jesus is. Verse 34... Jesus was someone who came seeking to forgive. Look at verse 34. As he hung there on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes and cast lots. He's praying to God for those guys down on the ground, the ones who aren't up on the cross, he's praying for them. And he's saying, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they're killing right now. And he's praying that God would forgive them. these guys missed who Jesus is. Excuse me, my voice is a bit dodgy. These guys missed who Jesus is. But it's actually pretty simple. It's simple, but it's really important that you know who Jesus is. Here it is. Jesus is the Saviour and Jesus is the King of the world. See, first of all, the Saviour. Look at verse 35. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at Him. They said, He saved others, let Him save Himself. If He is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. And the soldiers also came up and they mocked Him. They offered Him wine vinegar, which is like a bitter drink. And they said, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. If you're the Saviour, why don't you save yourself? They're teasing Jesus. Some saviour you are, you can't even keep yourself from ending up on a cross. Now, this is crazy ironic. 
This is ridiculous that they're saying this at this point because the way that He saves them is by staying on that cross. The way to be the Saviour is that He stays on the cross. He was dying there for them. He was dying there for you on that cross. That's the way that He saves. And they're saying, if you're such a good Saviour, why don't you get down off the cross and save yourself? And that's the point. He was there for them to save them. Jesus is the Saviour. Sorry. Second, he's the king. Just cut this ring. <coughs> if you see I'm going to cough, do your best to turn me off. If you can help, someone help. Natter up on the sound desk there for that, thanks. <coughs> he's the king. Now, that word's come up a bunch of times already, but it's painfully clear in verse 38. Look at verse 38. It says... There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews and they stuck it above him on the cross as another joke. Some king, look at him up on a cross dying, this is the king of the Jews. But that's the whole point, he really is the king but he was the king who came to serve by dying. But guys, make no mistake about this, after Jesus died on that cross, he didn't stay dead. He rose again and He's the ruler of the world. He's the judge of the world. He's the one who will decide where people spend eternity, heaven or hell. He's the judge. They had no idea who they were messing with. Let me tell you about a bus ride that if you were there for it, you would never forget it. You'd never forget this. Three young men hopped on a bus in Detroit in the 1930s, right? And there's this guy sitting alone up the back of the bus on a seat. And these three young guys, probably three punks just like you yourself, they're sitting there and they're trying to pick a fight with this guy up the back of the bus. So they start insulting him and he doesn't respond. And so they kind of take it next level and they start threatening him. They're heaping up the insults and he says nothing. And eventually this guy up the the back of the bus, he stands up. And as these guys look at him, they realise he's a lot bigger than they thought he was. They were looking at him sitting down and when he stands up, they're like, whoa, that guy is a lot bigger than I realised. And this guy walks down from the back of the bus and he walks up to the three guys and he pulls out a business card and he hands it to them and then he gets off the bus. And as, as the bus drove away and left that guy behind, the young men gather around this business card and they read what's written on it and it says this, Joe Lewis, boxer. Now, you don't know who Joe Lewis is, but he was the heavyweight champion of the world for 12 years in the 1930s. And those guys were trying to pick a fight with the boxing heavyweight champion of the world. They had no clue who they were messing with. They didn't have any idea who he was. The people mocking Jesus... Thank you, I've got my tea as well, but thank you. Thanks, Scotty. Um, These people who are mocking Jesus are making an even bigger mistake here and they have no idea what they're doing. They don't see who Jesus is, they don't see it. He's the Saviour and He's the King. He's their Saviour and their King. He's your Saviour and He's your King. Now, what are you going to do with Jesus? Are you going to make the same mistake that those guys did on, the, on that day? How are you going to respond to Jesus? 
Because there's only two options. You can either accept Him or you can reject Him. And that's what we see in the rest of tonight's passage, those two options. You can accept Jesus or you can reject Him. So check out the first criminal up on the cross, this criminal here. Option one, you could reject Jesus. Look at verse 39, it's up on the screen. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Him. It's the same thing as before. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He's making the same joke that the other people in the crowd were. If you're the king, if you're the saviour, why don't you save yourself? He's hanging there, literally dying himself on the cross, and he's using his last minutes on earth to bag out the one person who could actually save him. It's so ridiculous that he can't see what's right in front of him. See, the crowd that day, the soldiers... They needed Jesus, they needed forgiveness. Jesus says, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing, right? They needed forgiveness. It might not have been obvious to them, but they needed it. One day, not right away, but one day they're going to die, and they needed forgiveness. One day they'd have to face God. And it's actually the same for us as well. It's actually the same for us. It may not be obvious to you right now, but one day you're going to face God and you actually need forgiveness because your own efforts to be good enough and work hard enough, whether you're trying really hard or not trying at all, your own efforts won't be enough to save you. You actually need forgiveness. Have you guys seen that show on Netflix, The Good Place? It's a pretty, it's a pretty good show. The setup of this show, for those who haven't seen it, the setup of the show is that a bad person accidentally ends up in heaven. And you, now, if you watched on, don't spoil it for your friends, but that's the start of the show, okay? Um, but anyway, <clears throat> a bad person ends up in heaven, and what you get to see is this person kind of exploring heaven from the perspective of someone who doesn't even belong there. But what you see in this show is that the standards for what's good enough to get to the good place are really, really high, depressingly high. Now, There's a lot that that show gets wrong. For starters, it doesn't even believe that there's a God and it talks about the universe for the whole show as if the universe somehow runs heaven or something like that. It doesn't include God. But it does get this one thing right. God's standards for who deserves to be in the good place in heaven are really high. And it's not because God's too picky. It's not because God's just mean or something like that. He's good and so God's standards are good. But if we're honest with ourselves, what we'll see is that we're not good enough. We don't meet those standards. And our only hope is Jesus. Now, that was the case, that's the case for us, that's the case for the crowd that day. But man, could it have been any more obvious to anyone than those two criminals who were hanging there on the cross with them? Could it have been any more obvious that they needed Jesus? Those guys who hung there that day. See, first of all, they would have no doubts about the fact that they were sinners. These two guys hanging either side of Jesus were so clearly sinners. Whatever they'd done, they'd done enough to deserve the death sentence. And here they are hanging there for what they've done. We've got their crosses painted black to represent the fact that they were sinners who needed forgiveness so desperately. It symbolises their sin. These guys were long gone. Secondly though, not only were they sinners who actually deserved hell they were very close to meeting their maker. 
minutes away from death. See, we can pretend for a while, if you want, you can pretend that you're never going to have to worry about this stuff and that you'll worry about this when you're older or whatever, but this guy's literally dying on the cross. He's hanging there dying. And in fact, this guy, as he hangs here and dies on this cross and mocks Jesus, he actually stands as a big warning to us. Because you might say to yourself, I'll worry about God when I'm older, I'll deal with this stuff when I'm, you know, older and I've had my fun and then I'm going to make right with God or whatever. But what you've got right here is a man who spent his life rejecting God and he died the way he lived, rejecting God. Just getting older doesn't mean that you're actually going to come back to God and say sorry and deal with it then. Even on his deathbed, he died the way he lived, mocking his only chance for forgiveness. And so, guys, don't presume that you're going to come back to God. Don't presume that one day you'll make it all good and come back before it's too late. Deal with this stuff tonight. Deal with this question tonight. And the really painful thing is that for this guy, as he rejected Jesus that day, his only hope for salvation was right there under his nose. Forgiveness was right there. You guys heard about Walt Disney's maid, Thelma Howard? I'll tell you about her. Thelma Howard was a poor lady and she basically lived week to week off each paycheck just enough to get by, but she worked for a pretty rich guy called Walt Disney. She's their maid and she had a son who was disabled and he had a bunch of needs that they couldn't really afford to pay for. He lived in like a government-funded housing thing so that he could be cared for there. Um, So she's working away, working for Walt Disney, not making a heap of money, living a pretty poor life. But working for Walt Disney came with one perk. Every Christmas and every birthday, Walt Disney would give her these little pieces of paper and what was written on them was shares in the the Walt Disney company. Um, Now, she didn't really know what that was about and didn't do much with that. She was a pretty simple lady and so she'd grab these shares and be like, cool, thanks, I'd love some money though. And she'd like kind of just stash them away in a drawer or whatever and she didn't really do anything with them, and she just kind of stacked them up in this drawer. She died a poor lady living in a small unit on her own, her son still getting looked after in this government facility. But after she died, get this, they gather around her family and friends, the other ones who are around, and they called them in to hear her will, and and those who were present couldn't believe what they were hearing, because what they found out after she died and lived this poor life with not much money, was that her shares in Disney were like worth millions and millions of dollars. She was rich beyond anything her family could have imagined and was right there under her nose the whole time and she never did anything with it. She missed it. Guys, that's this first criminal on the cross, but times a million. He deserves hell. He's about to face eternity in hell, which matters so much than all the money in the world. His one hope for forgiveness The one person who can help him is right here on the cross next to him and he rejects Jesus and it's tragic. Because, do you know what I find tragic? There are people in this room tonight who are in danger of making the exact same mistake as this guy right here. Now, you might make that mistake quietly and politely by being a person who comes to youth week in, week out, and you listen quietly during the talks, and you ask nice questions to the leaders, and you sit there. But in the end, you could end up being someone who politely and quietly ends up walking away from this, walking away from Jesus, 
and never actually coming to terms with who Jesus is. And so you end up missing Jesus, your one hope for forgiveness and salvation. You could make that mistake quietly and politely in your own head and no one would even know that was going on. You could also make that mistake in a really obvious way. You guys up the back, you're year sevens, I want to talk to you right now, so please listen for once. Just stop and just listen. You guys are here every week and I've got to say, I like you guys, right? Like I like hanging out with you, I love just mucking around, you guys are fun and you're good, I like being with you guys. But I want to say my heart breaks for you as well. I'm serious. I'm talking as honestly as I can. My heart breaks for you because you guys come each week and you sit here in the talk and you annoy each other and you pull out your phones and you distract everyone else around you. You do anything you could possibly do except listen to the one thing you really, really, really need to hear. The only way to get right with the God who made you. And for me, that's tragic. And my heart breaks for you guys that you don't see it because you're just like this criminal on the cross. It's right there in front of you and you won't even listen. Please don't miss who Jesus is. But guys, you've got to hear this, it doesn't have to end that way. It doesn't have to end that way. Because even if you feel like you're someone who's way too far gone for all this and you're like, this is never, this is never going to be good for me or whatever, there's no such thing as a person who's way too far gone. Because I want you to look at the second criminal for a second. Look at the second criminal. Because this is option two, and this can change for you tonight. You can accept Jesus. And that's exactly what he does. Look at verse 40 and 41. But the other criminal rebuked him and he said, Don't you fear God? Since we are under the same sentence, we're both getting judged for what we deserve. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. He turns to the other guy who's just bagged out Jesus and he says, you idiot, you're a fool, aren't you afraid of God? We both know how we've lived, we both know the bad stuff we've done, we both know we're getting what we deserve here and we both know we're going to have to answer before God, you idiot, aren't you afraid of God? See, this second criminal, he recognises that Jesus is different. He sees that Jesus actually has lived that perfect life. He says, you've done nothing wrong. He's never sinned. He sees who Jesus is and so he throws himself on God's mercy. Look at verse 42, up on the screen. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This guy knows that Jesus is the king, he's got a kingdom, he's the king who's come to save. He knows that he's done terrible stuff, he knows that he deserves hell, but he knows who Jesus is and so he throws himself on Jesus. And here's the really shocking thing, after all that he's done, look at what Jesus says to this other criminal, look at verse 43... Then Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. He says, friend, I'll see you in heaven, I'll see you there. Now guys, I don't know if that shocks you or not, but it should. That is shocking that Jesus would say that to that man. It's not as if 
by recognizing who Jesus is and saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's not like this guy over here became a good man all of a sudden. The fact that he recognized who Jesus is didn't mean that he didn't do all the stuff that he did. It didn't get rid of all the sin that he'd done in the past. It didn't make that stuff not true. He did that stuff. He really was a bad guy. But Jesus says, friend, I'll see you in heaven. How can Jesus say that? In a moment, just be like, yep, cool, I'll see you in heaven. You know who I am, I'll see you there. Here's how. Because Jesus was dying on the cross in His place. He was taking God's anger at that criminal, He was taking God's anger that that criminal deserved, He was taking it on Himself. So, in another part of the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21... It says this, it says that God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. And so what that part of the Bible is saying is that at the cross, it was as as if Jesus was being treated as the sinner. At the cross, Jesus was condemned. At the cross, Jesus was the one who was judged. He was crushed by God's anger at his sin. But here's the second bit of that verse, it says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that in Jesus, we can get treated as if we'd lived Jesus' life. And so we don't get condemned, we don't get judged, we don't get crushed by God's anger, We get forgiveness and we get paradise, it says. We get eternity in heaven with God because Jesus swaps places with us. That's how it works. That's how Jesus can say to this sinner, friend, I'll see you in paradise later today. I'll catch you there. Guys, this is where the good place gets it badly wrong. Because not only is God real, He's there, He's personal and He's caring, and He's loving, and He makes a way for bad people to come and be with Him in heaven. It's not about your own record and how good you are and whether you can pull it off yourself. If it were up to us, the only person who would make the cut would be Jesus who lived the perfect life. But it's not. It's not up to what you do, it's about what Jesus has done. And so the good place gets it so badly wrong. Jesus made a way by dying for us. But guys, here's a really critical bit. So please listen to this. If you want that forgiveness, if you want Jesus' death to count as your death for you, you have to accept Jesus like that criminal did. This isn't something that just happens to everyone in the world automatically, whether they like it or not. You need to accept Jesus yourself, which means having Him as your Saviour and your King who He really is, your Saviour because you trust in Him to die in your place and your King because you trust Him to run your life from now on. That's what it means to become a Christian, that's how you accept Jesus. This criminal on the cross over here, he didn't do anything to earn his forgiveness. It's not as if he said, Jesus, remember me when you get into heaven, when you get to your kingdom, and then he turned over his, like, turned over a new leaf and became the best dude in the world and jumped down off the cross and helped orphans for the rest of his life so that he could deserve heaven. He didn't do any of that. He died later that day. He was done. It was a free gift. But even 
in that moment, he knew who Jesus was and he had Jesus as his saviour and as his king. He accepted Jesus. Now guys, tonight we've seen who Jesus is. We've seen that eternity is real, that heaven and hell are real. Where are you going to go when you die? Where you go depends on what you do with Jesus. Are you going to accept Jesus or are you going to reject Jesus? That's the big question. Will you accept Jesus? It's seriously the best decision you could ever make. There's nothing that matters more than that. If you want to do that tonight, if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to become a Christian, it's pretty simple. (laughs) You can do that by telling Him, by praying to Him and saying, Jesus, you're my King, you're my Saviour. You can pray to him right now. I'm going to pray and if you want to do that, if you want to pray this prayer in your own head and make this prayer your prayer, you can tell Jesus that he's your king and that he's your saviour. You can become a Christian. Let's pray. God, I'm a sinner, just like that criminal on the cross. God, I deserve your judgment. God, even though I deserve it, please forgive me because of Jesus. Jesus is my saviour. Jesus is my king. Amen.